This is Alexa Curtis, and you're listening to the new Unfiltered. Every week, you can call in and give me your problems, and I'll help you get through them. In a friendship you need to get out of, we've all been there. Boyfriend cheat on you? You're not alone. Can't land your dream job? Join the party. Every Monday at 5 a.m. on the new Unfiltered. Before I get into season two of The New Unfiltered, back to what I used to do best. I cannot stop talking. Like, I have so much to say. There's so much going on in my life. I feel so good being back in a studio. And I thought, what better person to interview than the biggest celebrity in my life, which is my mother. She mm-hmm. gave birth to me 23 years ago, and her life is now uh, probably hell because I was created. But <laughs> so many of you see her on Instagram, and there's so much more to this little uh, little English lady than her dancing and her yoga routines. And my mom, you really have been such a strong figure in my life, even though you're not an entrepreneur. And I know you struggle a lot of times giving me that business advice and that feedback. There have just been so many things that have happened, and you are... You are the one phone call. So, Mom, how did you end up in this god-awful country called America from England? Because when I was in elementary school, a teacher uh, told us all one day, and each of us children in the class, I think I was about seven or eight, that we were going to have each be given a pen pal. And from a school in the U.S., my pen pal, um, several schools, my pen pal, her name was Judy Levinson, and she was the same age as me, and she was from St. Louis, Missouri. And what I really was fascinated by is that her father was a private detective, and gosh, to an eight-year-old, that sounds pretty exotic. Oh my gosh, imagining you at eight, like, you'd be so cute. Like, and she would send me pictures of her driving around with the family in the open uh, open top car, this very large American car. And I was just totally fascinated. There was just no stopping me with the belief that I should live in America. The streets must be golden because everything is bigger and better. The houses are bigger. And I just really loved the style of the clothes that the American children wore. And actually, one little thing that really, really fascinated me is the... The way the we call them cardigans, but there would be a sweater here with the buttons all down the front. The American that always I just focused on this particular item of American clothing that the buttons were sewn onto ribbon. I remember this as a little girl on the front of a cardigan, and it just fascinated me how Americans live, the way they talk. Plus, you know, the whole society in England, there was always a fascination about America. I think there was a jealousy about Americans, but there was a fascination about them. Why? Because they were most, it was mostly people from America that did a lot of the traveling and uh, appeared to have more access to money and better jobs and better possibilities in America. And that did also make me think I have to go and live in America. You also used to babysit for who did you babysit for? Um, the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger? Oh, we live, yes. Thank you for reminding me. I lived on a couple of streets over from David Bowie. And uh, I was a year too young to actually babysit him, but I would walk with my best friend to his house. They had a limit. He was already very involved with young people and music in that Southeast London, but they, him and his first Angie Bowie, they also ran a limousine service. So I would walk with her three evenings a week to his house. 
and uh, kind of drop her off while she would go off to babysit. And one day I got the grand tour in their house. And we also lived a couple of streets from Mick Jagger. I lived on Gregory Crescent. He lived on Joan Crescent. And also Boy George went to, well, got expelled from a local secondary school. So a lot of the good, good music at that time did come out of London. When, so. when you also first came here, so you're a, you, you were a nurse for how many years? Well, I came as a graduate student nurse and I had six months. I was sick, uh, on a visa and I had six months to pass the state boards, which in fact, I had to sit in the place that Alexa's moving to. I had to sit the boards in Austin. No, I thought it was that. Lubbock, Austin. Lubbock, no, Texas. no. Then I worked in uh, uh, Health Sciences Hospital in Lubbock, mm. Texas is where I was assigned, but I took the state board exam. Otherwise, I was going to have to leave and go back to London, but I was one of the people that did pass the state board exams. And I started at Health Sciences and um, I found uh, Texas, I found a kind of a real adjustment. Yeah. Uh, Lubbock would have tumbleweed blowing down the road and Tex-Mex so food. Like, so like Mansfield, Connecticut? Very different, very different. So it, it was uh, it was a real experience, but I just felt, but I would say Alexa was going to ask me another question, and I'm going to mention it anyway, because I always knew I wanted to travel. The question that I thought Alexa was going to ask me is, was there any regret about my 20s? Wait, mom, mom, mom who, who are, are you Ellen DeGeneres? I'm sorry. <laughs> this, is, this is my interview for you. I've got a little list in my noggin. Hold on, hold on. We got, we got to, we got to go into that. Let, let me start for a second and say you want me my mom will always want me to move back to Boston you would love if I was back in Boston I lived in Boston for three years and then I went to LA and that's so far from this poor little nugget she like I think you want me home but we I don't feel like I ever as a teenager I really didn't like you as most teenagers don't like I would fight with you so much and now I like the fact that I even would think about moving back to Boston for you is like God I, I really love you like you're my mom <laughs> Thank you, um, so, so, so kids listening I know when it's like 16 and 17 you just want to go out with your like <sighs> little boyfriends and your back truck seats whatever hang out with your mom she, she's cool but um I never thought I would move to Texas and now here I am saying that but okay so you you had me when you were 41. Third, uh, sorry, 46 and a half. My mom had me when she was 46 and a half. So, America, I am a miracle. I could have been aborted, and I am no, here. You had no. my, but you had my sister when you were 31. 31, And yes. we have a 16-year age difference. So I wanna, 15, 16, 15? It's, 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 it's a lot of years. She's my half, my half-sister. But I want to ask you, before we get into that question, which I wanted to know about, how did you know we were different? Because not only did we have that major age difference... It was. Um, what was it, what's different about you both is that you followed diff very different trajectories, which is Melissa followed a very traditional route. She always uh, loved school. She loved all the activities. She loved being around people. She had many uh, young female friends. She got along with everybody. She just it was just a, it appeared that it was just smooth sailing through every grade for Melissa. Everything I want activity I suggested or asked if she wanted to do. She was captivated, dancing, swimming, the choir, ski club, very involved in the track team. So 15 years later, when Alexa arrived, I just made that assumption that Alexa 
would want to do exactly, would just do exactly the same type of things that Melissa had done. Well, that didn't go down too well because from a young age, I wanted to get Alexa involved uh, or expose her to ballet and jazz class. And her first comment after her first class was, I don't know if I want to come back here. I don't think I like that teacher very much. And I just encouraged her it would get better and better. Well, it never did get any better. And in the end, one day she said to me after the one of the classes, look, mom, I will go back again as long as I can be on my own. I'll be with that teacher, but just me and her. I don't want all those other children around me. And I said, but Alexa, it's a class. It's participating. Well, no thanks. I'll go back if you let me go on my own. Well, that didn't work too well. And then as she got a little bit older, I thought, gosh, I've come up with a perfect idea. It's going to be swimming. So I had Alexa join a swim class. Well, on the second class, I got the same uh, comment, Mom, I'll go back again and swim as long as I can go on my own with the instructor. And it was just a common refrain. This, and then I came to the point was, look, this is not a child that really wants to be involved in any group activities. They don't suit her. She doesn't seem to enjoy it. So I think I need to back off and stop encouraging all these activities because they just don't suit her. And then she really struggled with math in elementary school. And Mickey Mayhew, was the, who was the teacher that year, called me one day and asked if I could come in and meet with him. He would like to have Alexa come in in the summer to give her, her extra help. He said he liked Alexa so much, she was kind of a rather unusual child. And when I asked him, well, what does that mean? Wondering if he was going to say something negative. He said, I've never met a child at such a young age that understands humor. He said, she actually understands my humor in the classroom. I haven't had a child that's ever done that before. So I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. So I would get little snippets of information from teachers like that. Another time, in the middle school, the tech, uh, the computer teacher called me and asked me uh, to be, told me that I needed to be aware that when Alexa comes home and says that she uh, spends a lot of time helping the other children with the computer, it isn't that she's not paying attention or not doing her own work. It's just that she types so fast. I used to get paid by the kids to type their papers. She just types so fast that they don't know what else to do with her except assign her to help the other children. But none of these none of these classes were classes that Alexa enjoyed. So, but and then the bullying started because she had started the blog at age twelve after a discussion with her older sister. And I didn't quite understand what any of that was about. Well, soon I was going to find out because soon I was informed that she was going down as press to follow Fashion Week in New York. And my job as her mother would be to follow her around Lincoln Square. And I just thought, gee, I'm really fearful here. This doesn't sound uh, like anything I've ever kind of experienced. What do I do here? How do we stop this? How do we set a limit on her? But as long as I tagged along, I felt she could be safe. But it was very, very unusual. And then I realized Alexa doesn't fit into any traditional mold. This is not a child that's ever going to enjoy anything traditional. And again, Every year when I would ask her, what was your favorite thing this year? Ah, lunch. I guess lunch was okay. Well, what subject, topic? Ah, lunch. 
I don't know anything in those classes that I enjoy. Were you ever concerned, like, that I was failing out? I was concerned because I just, I I was concerned. I had many conversations with uh, my husband, like, gee, what do we do here? What is all this about? I I really don't understand what to do here. And then actually, I started doing some reading. I started reading some autobiographies on people that had had a very different trajectory path in life. And I realized it suddenly clicked with me one day that Alexa is not a traditional thinker. Alexa is out of the box thinker. And I read something in one of the books about a person, in one of the biographies, the person would wake up during the night and have to put their notes, ideas down in a notebook. And then I realized, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is what Alexa tells me she does. She will tell me the following morning. I woke up during the night. I had an idea and I had to write it down. And I thought, gosh, I had to come to the realization that she is not a traditional person that thinks traditionally. She's there's a different flow and ebb in her life. Her brain functions differently. What the traditional is, isn't going to work for Alexa. So once I could actually internalize that and accept it's okay, she's safe, but she just isn't going to be middle of the road. She isn't a follower. She's going to want to be a leader. And once I could except that she was somebody that was very driven, a type A person, definitely a type A person, and a very driven. And she was going to chart her own course. But she was very much, and I realized she was very mature at a young age. And uh, I just had to accept that this is an out-of-the-box thinker. And uh, reading those biographies really helped me to uh, realize that there are people out there that are like this. Well, I would also say, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they have like little things that they would do. You know, you 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 hear these stories of these entrepreneurs who started like, they were selling candy and hot dogs. And the, I wasn't one of those kids. Like I, my entrepreneurial journey really started when I started the blog, but it wasn't like I was making any money. The business side of it really took me a while to figure out. But to jump back to Melissa a second, she was so social. Like we hated each other probably up until now. I think she was everything I wanted to be. I mean, I remember she used to come and we have obviously different dads, but she used to come to like my high school or middle school events. And she, my sister's just beautiful. Like she she was tall and thin and she had that ethnic like skin color. I mean, it was just, and I always wanted to be her. And I remember the first experience I had, I think trying to be mature was like, I always wanted to hang out with her friends. And she used to be like, find your own fucking friends. And I'd be like, I just want to be with your friends. But they were 10, 15 years older than me. And I just, I couldn't figure out like how to be around people my age. But I I think when you signed me up for Stage Door, Mm. for those who don't know Stage Door, it is the most... I did 4-H camp. I did the Holiday Hill Day Camp. Which you really didn't enjoy. I hate it. I remember I found one friend, that girl Kat, and I would come and we would get a Subway sandwich and I would sit up. My mom was like always wanting me you always wanted me to be social so you would do anything you were you're the camp nurse and she didn't get you didn't get paid right so I got to go for free. right you got to go for free and you spent most of the time in the in my nurse's just, office yeah. and I would shoo her out and say go go play go swimming go do and she said no I just want to be in here with you I don't want to be out so there so I found this like reclusive friend cat I would go to the kids and be like do you like people and this one girl was like not really and I was like do you want to go get subway and sit outside the nurse's office <laughs> uh, but stage <sighs> 
merch store then was the first experience I think with entertainment you had for me I mean that camp like every kid of a celebrity and I might add that Alexa you got me the job as the nurse there Alexa was getting me the application form she was insisting that she was going and I was going to fill out the paperwork initially I wanted to be an actress so I thought I want to go I had read about stage door I think online because it was so many kids of celebrities were going there and I would make these powerpoints like remember when I made the powerpoint to go to fashion oh yeah and that's how I I mean you didn't you never had a lot of money so like it was I would coerce you into doing these things but I want to ask you on a separate note, what is one thing for people in their 20s or 30s you wish you had done differently? Well, one thing that I, I as I knew when I was very young, I always had I had this love or belief that I was going to be able to travel, travel. And the one thing I really, really wanted to do, and when people ask me if you have a regret, and they say as you get older, most people's regrets are about a career choice. What I really, really wanted to be was a flight attendant. Because that was my belief that I would have been able to see all of the world, not just part of the world, all of the world. But I only pursued an interview with British Airways. And the sad thing was my skin broke out on the day of the interview. And it was the most embarrassing, uncomfortable feeling thinking I am never going to get one of these 12 slots. And I didn't. I got a rejection letter. But what I realize is I should have pursued the other airlines. And I don't know why, but I didn't. And if that was my one regret was that I should have really put myself out there, applied to other airlines. And I believe I would have got a position. So what I ended up doing instead was uh, going into these nursing agencies in London. They called it the brain drain in those days. England lost many of their daughters, uh, sorry, doctors and nurses to overseas countries, uh, Canada, America, New Zealand, mm-hmm. or Australia. And I realized that was what I needed to do. And But I couldn't get to America. I couldn't get the visa quick enough at that point. So I ended up in South Africa. And boy, was that an experience. Well, it's so funny because you married my dad who, and they're still married, is the, no offense to dad, I love it, the least Very, cultured person you'll right. He like grew up eating Spam. Did you eat Spam when you were growing up? No, the English grew oh. up eating well, Spam. Well, he would eat like fluff sandwiches. Oh, I mean, like, peanut butter and fluff. And and you guys He's met very at, provincial country. And you met at a tea shop. Uh, My friend's tea shop, But yes. I mean, that is so funny. But you are, I think, one of the reasons I'm so cultured. I mean, it's really quite fascinating because in truth, when you look at people who are from small towns, it's very rare that their mom is, uh, you know, has an accent or has been, has lived in all these cities. I mean, for God's sakes, you lived in New York and now it's like you you trying to get on a train is like World War Three. You're like, I don't know the technology. But I think that if you had been a flight attendant, I might not be here. You're right. You're right. And I could have got laid off from that. You know, airlines yeah. lay people off pretty quickly. But anyway, I guess if I did have one regret is that I ought to have pursued that because I think I would have loved the experience. And in those days, training to be a flight attendant was like going to what I heard was like going to a Swiss uh, finishing school. I think that would have been rather fun. Was it just easier for you not to pursue it? Is that why you I'm not sure. I don't think I had the family support. That's why I be enjoy- I enjoy being such a support to Alexa because I didn't, you know, my father was mentally ill. My mother had died by the time I was 20. I didn't have any support or anybody to say, come on, don't give up. I didn't have that kind of encouragement or support. And that's why it means a lot to me that I can help Alexa 
with support or you know suggestions well i think the fearlessness that you had to be able to do all of these things is i think where i get a lot of why i'm like willing to leap into things i mean i'll never forget the amount of times growing up you would tell melissa and i do not depend on anyone else and the Mm -hmm. other kids in school would be like i want to marry a rich guy or i want to marry and you were always like no and i think that really is how i am incredibly i'm i find myself to be so independent and you are the same I mean, I I don't rely on anyone, and I don't really feel like you do either. No. I think that's an aggressive way to to train a child, but I also think that at the end of the day, you can't rely on anyone else. I always always believe that women should have their own career, be able to pursue their own goals, always maintain, even if you're married, maintain a certain amount of independence with your own choices, and also have your own separate bank account. (laughs) One question I often get asked is when I moved out to New York, people think that you and dad were like MIA. So I want to ask you for parents listening, if you have a child like me, who's pretty much on the trajectory to be like a loser, stay at home person who never does anything with their life, what advice would you have? I mean, luckily I, I ended up being motivated enough to pursue this, but I can't doubt you had moments where you were like, oh, oh my God, she's literally just going to end up homeless. It was really scary because, again, I, you know, my other daughter wasn't like this. So, but what I did have to sit back and calm down about was Alexa had a mature, even though she was young, I think 16 and a half when you went to New York or 16, you rented yourself a room well, in tra- an apartment. I, yeah, I'm trying to remember when I got that British Airways sponsorship. I remember sitting on the stairs were you being like, 15. I, I think I remember being like, Mom, I think I got a free flight. And you were like, What? And I was like, I think I just got a free flight. And my mom, I think, was like, you don't even have a passport to go to England? Like, where do you, what are you doing? But yeah, I was, I was about 16 and a half when I got that apartment in Brooklyn. Right. And I just had to accept that she has the, you know, she has, it was scary. But for what my husband and I tried to do first was get her to go to the summer program, LIM, the Fashion Institute College in New York. And I thought that would be her introduction with New York. Well, I got a scholarship. Same, she, she did get a scholarship. But by day three or day four, I got the phone call saying, this is so boring here. I think I could teach these classes. But I tell you what I'm going to do, mum. I'm willing to stay here for X number of weeks, but I will be doing my own thing. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Here we go again. I Where's remember, um, yeah, I remember being in that apartment and being like, OK, look, you're going to look. This is free housing for you. You are going to use this college for this apartment because you can stay in it for free. And then you're going to go and get an internship. And that is uh, here. We, you know, it was just like, here we go again. She's not going to. She said the classes were as boring as anything. And the other students didn't seem to be on the same wavelength as her. But anyway, she did safely stay there and uh, stay there. And then the next thing she informed us that she had she had worked and saved enough money from the online blog and uh, she was going to rent a room in an apartment. And, um, and then I literally never came back. Uh, No, it was just the beginning of a whirlwind of all uh, kind of different offers and work related. uh, 
Yeah, activities that she a hardest working young woman, such a hard working young woman. Well, what I want people to look at my story and realize is that I wasn't like I didn't wake up at twelve and was like, "Hey, I want to be the next Ellen." All of these things, like I went, "You're right." I, I took that scholarship. I thought I was going to be an actress. Then I thought I was going to be in fashion. And then I remember, I remember, I the day that I dropped out of high school. That's another question I wanted to ask you. The day that I transferred from on, from public high school to online high school is when I got that phone call from Rachel Ray. I was sitting in the car with you, and I remember the producer called me. I don't know if you remember and you were sitting next to me. And then that following Monday, we went down to New York. Right. But you actually, as like as traditional as you are, with I guess your approach to wanting me to obviously be like a normal kid who like enjoys her life and doesn't take these risks, you were very much an advocate in me transferring to online school. Yes. Why? Yes. Because I realized by the time she was in high school that it was a really waste. It was a lot of it was a waste of time. Her attending classes that she didn't enjoy. Some of the bullying was still going on. There were teachers that she said would make comments to her. Like, say, you had suggested, I think you were going to be a writer, write articles. And she was very put out that the teacher said to her, what kind of career is that? And kind of she felt very put down. So I suggested we go and meet with an advisor at the high school and look at online options. And that didn't meet with any success. We were told there was no such thing. Don't waste your time. But that wasn't the case. And we found this program out of the state of Pennsylvania where she could do it online. But I reminded her that if this doesn't work, you can go right back to the high school. And she didn't want any part of that option. No. She just thrived. I loved it. I remember you would be at work because you worked, right. you worked a lot. Right. And I would just sit home and I would get my school work and then I would have hours. And that's when I would write these emails and come up with these PowerPoints. And, these and she was posts. happy. And, and I just excelled. Do you think they're... Like, what is one strength of mine you think that every entrepreneur that you see, like, business wise, you think I could be better at or I'm very good at in business? Um, I think you're just a very independent thinker. You're very tenacious and brave. I remember a couple of people saying to me when you were um, applying to follow Fashion Week in London or Paris, they would say, gee, she's so brave that she can. And the other thing is she won't take no for an answer. And I think when you look at entrepreneurs or successful people or striving to be successful, they are just going to exhaust every possibility, but they will not accept no. If they can't get around the subject or the issue one way, they come at it a different way. It's a very different way of thinking. Most people will get the no and it's like, okay, that's it. But there's always a back door. There's an illegal way to do it. There's a legal way to do it. There's there's always a way. What I was going to ask you, um, I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say on the topic of school, because I think that's that's a really important point to touch on is I, especially being in a public high school with six towns, I mean, there was what, Ashford, Willington, mm, Manton, I felt so insecure in that school, but I never, I would find, I think, one teacher every three years that I felt like actually like mm-hmm. saw me as a person. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, and I remember like Gabe obviously did so well in school. And actually, Alexa, those teachers that you mentioned, they have followed you. Yeah. The ones that uh, could understand your mindset. Oh my God, yeah. They still will follow you and um, yeah, I mean, you were asked to come back mm-hmm. and give a talk at the school. By Dr. Green. I mean, he's such, right. he's such a phenomenal professor, right. but it's so fascinating to me how you and I I always wondered if I had gone to public to private school would I have faced this you know I would find 
2%, I think, of teachers saw me as smart. And I remember countless times the other ones were like, you have ADD and ADHD and you need to go on medication and why are you failing? And I just, I never felt like I was ever being looked at as smart because I was struggling. Just because you're struggling in a subject does not mean this child is stupid. It just means you need extra attention. I think also if you're an out-of-the-box thinker, traditional school can't meet, oft, can't often, and they especially couldn't with you, they couldn't meet your needs. No. They couldn't They couldn't meet you on that level, which was a non-traditional so, level. Regular school doesn't would you work. Say, would you say every parent who's struggling with a kid, perhaps like me, should take their kid out of school? Or I think it's very individual. Seek advice. Go and speak to those advisors. Try to assess, is it just that this child is non-traditional and they're bored? I think Alexa, a lot of Alexa's was that she found it all, the classes and subjects all very boring, but she had an inner life and an inner life of goals that she was driven about and she wanted to pursue and she she stayed on track with that. But again, I think you'd have to identify what are the what is different about your child. And I really believe, especially since COVID has started, that maybe there will be more, especially as a child gets older, not if you, you know, I mean, I couldn't stay home and teach a child, you know, do homeschooling. But I think maybe there will be more possibilities that come out of these COVID times that will open up for people's children as they get older. Like I said, if you can't stay home with them to guide them in a different direction if traditional school doesn't work for them. It's also so important to analyze the child. I think there's, you know, three different kinds of kids. You have the kids who just do well and they pass and then they go to a good college and that's all. Then you have the kids like me and then you have people who are not motivated, kids who are just not doing well in school because they're focused on social media, gaming. Those kind of kids are not a good not a good fit for online school because you have to be used to leave me home alone all day and God, I mean, half the time I was Googling my schoolwork. But that being said, I still passed the class. So I think as a parent, it's really important to kind of analyze the type of kid that you have. But mom, any any last advice for me to how to keep doing well in my life and not screw it up? I think just really uh, staying positive. I think being positive and not giving in to those days where you suffer rejection or you suffer more no's than you think you ever want to hear. I think just sticking with your beliefs, your goals and uh just being brave and um, not accepting uh, any thoughts of rejection or people may give that. You've been there with me through so many of these moments. I mean, how many could you even count in the... In the past 10 years, how many moments would have I called you probably hysterically like this is it? Well, um, so, um, quite quite a lot of times, but I would also, Alexa would have days where she would t- tend to, I didn't want to say, I didn't how I just started calling them the blue days. She would have days where she would just feel down. Depressed. Uh, um, I didn't want to use the depression, the label depression, so I would call them the blue days where she would need a lot of encouragement to believe that she could meet her goals, she could get up and keep going. And uh, But I would never want to put a label as depression on a child. I mean, I think when you're type A and you put so, which Alexa is, and you put so much on yourself, that can bring up a lot of anxiety because you're so driven. But I think just find that one support person or decide who's the best support person for that child that can commit to being there. 
there must it could be a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, somebody that can be that support person to support, mentor, and just guide the that young person through those difficult, what I call blue days. And you don't have to understand what it. I mean, you never really exactly understood what I was doing or what I wanted to be, but you always were there to kind of pick me up and be like, "Today is this, but not tomorrow." Right, that I always believe to uh, nothing is as serious enough that you can't get up and get going again tomorrow. And if you can hang in for 24 hours, that intense disappointment or the rejection, somebody maybe turned you down on something, that anxiety and intensity about that rejection or telling you, no, you're not going to make it, that will pass and that feeling will decrease if you can just hang in there. A great example of that is when I first had gotten uh, Radio Disney had said yes to my show. Many people don't know this story. And then about three months later, they backed out. I got a phone call from my manager. This was like April of 2018, I think. I thought my life was going to change. You know, everything's happening. And then all of a sudden, I had been putting out these like sex ed for teens, sex education videos. Disney had found them and backed mm-hmm. out of the show. From April to July, I think, of 2018, 2019, it was crickets. I wanted to die. And I remember calling you and I was just in... You were in Turkey with your older yeah. sister at one point And you started, you became very angry and distressed. And uh, I was so mad. I blamed it on myself. I blamed it on right, you. I blamed right. it on because I couldn't. For the first time in my life, everything felt like I didn't have control. And when that was a big blow. But when yes. you're an entrepreneur, and I mean, it ended up working out. I also it remember, did. I remember the eight a.m. phone call I got on Friday, the day after I got back from Turkey, when I called you, and I was like, "Oh my god!" But I remember, um, you know, I think as an entrepreneur, you have to. Sometimes you have to let the control go at that point. The one thing I would have done differently is I wished I had just been like, okay. I mean, I, wa- I wanted to die for six months and it ended up working out. It did. Uh, but when you're a young entrepreneur, like this is how you learn. This is how you learn everything. But mom, I love you. I love you too, I Alexa. Think you're so and great. I like being your guide in life. I know. I hope I can be, I really feel like I work so hard, number one, for you and dad. Thank to hopefully you. be able to Thank give you, you the life you Oh, I have the like, so we have family and guiding a young person like yourself to me is a great reward. Yeah, I know you always I always when I used to call you and get like very angry. Now I have so much respect for you because Thank I'm like you. mature enough to know like, you know, you always said the ebbs and flow thing. And, right. and the same way that you said you used to read those entrepreneurial books. When I was growing up, my mom would every, always say when things go wrong, like it ebbs and flows. And then I started reading memoirs and people use that term. And I was like, are you, are you maybe, were you an entrepreneur in your past life? Because <sighs> you know, but uh, mom, there is no place for people to follow you on social media. You prefer to remain anonymous. Is yes, that correct? Yes, yes. Uh, so, her brother has tried three times to get her on Facebook and she does not doesn't do does not she, want a presence on Facebook she doesn't want any presence but I will continue if this is an uh, episode that people were interested by or if you have questions for me as a parent you want my mom to answer would love to help out I know that my story is so unusual and I think uh, how my mom has handled it in the most way has been has been a really great inspiration for other parents but uh, this is the second mini episode as I work on the second season of the new unfiltered so I uh, I encourage you guys to follow the social media to find out where you can submit your questions, which is at the new unfiltered and my social media, which is at Alexa underscore Curtis. And I will see you guys soon. Bye, mom. Bye, Alexa. Bye.